you go into your shower feeling tired. But as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Our kids have said to us since we moved to Minnesota, we are far more active than we've ever been anywhere else we've ever lived. Moving to Minnesota opened up a lot of doors for us. Just this overall sense of community, of the values that, you know, Minnesotans have. It's a real accepting, loving community, especially with two young kids. See why CNBC ranks Minnesota number four best state to live and work. A great place to work, an even better place to live. ExploreMinnesota.com slash live. Hey, it's Will Friedle. And Sabrina Bryan. And we're the hosts of the new podcast, Magical Rewind. You may know us from some of your favorite childhood TV movies like My Date with the President's Daughter. And the Cheetah Girls movies. Together we're sitting down to watch all the movies you grew up with and chat with some of your favorite stars and crew that made these iconic movies happen. So kick back, grab your popcorn, and join us. Listen to Magical Rewind on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Brought to you by State Farm. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Fantasy freaks and geeks, what is up? Why don't you check out the NFL Fantasy Live podcast? Yeah, NFL Fantasy Live podcast is Tuesdays and Fridays. You can find it on iTunes, on NFL.com. We always give you the top waiver wire pickups, starts and sits, everything you need Matchups, to win a championship. Everything. A lot of Star Wars stuff. Yeah. You'll laugh. You'll cry. You'll wear a tie and eat yogurt. It's great. <laughs> Listen. <laughs> All right. The Wizkid from Wisconsin, MG, Marcus Grant, Michael Fabiano, and me, James Coe, every Tuesday and Friday on the NFL Fantasy Live podcast. The Around the NFL podcast doesn't care about your fantasy team. Welcome back to another edition of the Around the NFL Podcast. My name is Dan Hansis, and I am joined by a room filled with heroes. Mark Sessler, Chris Wessling, and Greg Rosenthal. What's up, boys? Hey, Dan. It's here. The third annual Fantasy Football Extravaganza. Ah, the excitement. So high, sky high is the excitement internally that downstairs when I when I said it was three shows this week we were going to do it, I think, Mark, you went, really? And Russ is like, <laughs> why would we do that? That's where we're at right now. But, listen, fantasy is one of the most popular uh, things in the world. So we're going to talk about fantasy this week, but just it's not going to be a whole show of fantasy. I just want everybody to know. In fact, we won't even get to fantasy until the back end of the three shows this week, but we will try to impart wisdom, as I know a lot of you are drafting uh, in the next couple of weeks. I mean, it's the one week of the year that the sunshine and the happiness is wiped off Mark Sessler's face. That's how you know it's it's fantasy week. It is easily the most forgettable week of my entire year, and I will happily... You know, I, I just got corralled into today's episode. Don't assume I'll be here for the other two. <laughs> how <laughs> how much of this does get tied into, Mark, in terms of an ego shot that this is something that's built around 
Greg Rosenthal and Chris Wessling, the guys that ran Roto World once upon a time, and you feel as if you're being marginalized in your own podcast. I don't have any Be problem honest. with magnifying the two of them. Their their roles in the fantasy community are noted, but the concept that I'm not that I'm just some guy that got dropped into the show, <laughs> airlifted in, who's never watched football before, is obscene. Especially when you dominated your wife's fantasy league. <laughs> that is exactly right. Another point. Mark beat so a bunch just of be careful. In 2008. He beat some accountants who thought they knew stuff stuff about football. All right, so take that that beating that you laid at the hands of those teacher aides mm-hmm. and the accountants, uh, and take that and funnel it now to the street corner. We'll we'll be checking in with you occasionally. You can let the Please listeners do. be the judge who are the real mm. the real insiders around here. You've got a platform. Yeah, I'm just being very clear. I'm extremely detached. That's. <laughs> I like that you're upfront about it. That's important. Uh, yes, uh, we, in addition to uh, the fantasy extravaganza, uh, we will also touch on all the action from Saturday, sun- Friday, Saturday, and Sunday in the NFL. Um, a lot of football games to talk about. How many football games? Hmm. I'll tell you how many. We talked about the seven games on Thursday. 16 minus seven is nine. Nine divided by two is four and a half. You talk about four and a half games. Did that check out the math? Not at all. Oh, I, I went, went I too even, far. I don't yes. even think you had the correct number of games from Thursday, did you? I think I there know. were six games there. Oh, okay. So that was part of the problem. Well, let me try it again. <laughs> 16 games. Six discussed on Thursday. I mean, Friday show. Ten shows. Excuse me. <laughs> Ten games. <laughs> uh, Friday, Saturday, five each. Is that right? We are. We're recording right now. You know. <laughs> I don't even know what's happening. <laughs> we're going to talk about ten games. Yeah. yeah continue yeah, to divide yeah. by two. One one step too far. But I think people get it. I got I got in the weeds a little bit there. Uh, it happens. <laughs> so yes, we'll talk about all the games from uh, the weekend that we didn't talk about on Friday show. And uh, I'm excited. Everybody get excited behind the glass. There he is. And there's actually somebody else behind the glass too. Uh, back from her sojourn. I imagine there were many trips to Disneyland uh, during that time. Also, a budding acting career that we'll get into at some point because we're going to get her back in the chair soon. Sydney's back in there. La Sid back in the house. Oh, yeah. Uh, but right now in the chair still, not ready to give up the throne. The man that says, don't forget about me. I deserve to be on Mount Rushmore. Mm. The Irishman. What's up, buddy? Sorry to disappoint uh, all the listeners that want Sydney <laughs> back already, but <laughs> too bad. But you know what? Something to look forward to for the people that do not like me. Sydney's doing Friday show. Oh, wow, how yeah. exciting. And I guess I'll tease it right now. Uh, Wednesday show, we'll have somebody else in the chair. Um, we'll hold on the news, though, because I don't know if the news is out. So somebody else will be in the chair. Yeah. And not to mention, later in this week, uh, because this is, after all, the third annual fantasy extravaganza. Got a big fish <laughs> from the fantasy community on Friday. <laughs> but that's down the road. Let's now talk about some football games that occurred this weekend. And let us start with the defending Super Bowl champions who, let's let's face it. I mean, when John Elwood made the decision to let Brock Osweiler go, he needed somebody to step up in that room, uh, quarterback room, um, Mark Sanchez, Trevor Simeon, uh, Paxton Lynch, uh, nobody has done it yet. 
and that's that's the issue we're dealing with in Denver right now. They have a loaded Super Bowl ready team, but a quarterback situation, Greg Rosenthal, that remains a mess after Mark Sanchez struggled as did Trevor Simeon. But it will be Trevor Simeon that gets a week three of the preseason start, which usually points to who starts the season. I think that makes a lot of sense when you look at the two preseason games from Trevor Simeon and the practice reports that we've heard. And it was unfortunate that Simeon, who had a great first drive and was playing well overall uh, through this pick six, the thing I'd be worried about if I was a Broncos fan, that when Simeon and Sanchez both made their first mistake, it seemed to affect the two of them. Simeon's worst drive was right after he threw that pick six. Sanchez, who had a great first drive, again, had an eight-play stretch where he fumbled twice and he almost threw two other interceptions. So to me, it was more like Sanchez was the big loser, and Simeon was just there. Simeon, the pick six was noteworthy, but also his penchant for not testing defenses down the field when he's got one-on-one coverage with Demarius Mm. Thomas and Emmanuel Sanders, and he opts for dump-offs. I think that's an issue, but with their defense, maybe that's preferable to Sanchez's penchant for turnovers. I mean, if you're going to hold off on Paxton Lynch, as they should for... A certain amount of the season. I could see all three of these quarterbacks starting. We've been saying that since basically this thing kind of developed the way they did. But I would easily go Simeon over Sanchez. Simeon is just an, has a more natural throw. Like watching him is just easier on the eyes. And I watched him. He's a seventh round pick. He looks, yeah. He, I watched him right after Osweiler, and maybe the comparison between the two helped Simeon on that first drive look better before, you're right, things started to crumble. But honestly, he's, he looks better to me than Brock Osweiler right now. The only reason he was drafted at, at all was because Gary Kubiak mm-hmm. saw some film of him and said, "Why this guy looks like he's got all the tools, but I believe he had a torn ACL his last year in college and didn't play well outside of a game against Notre Dame. Well, it's, this is where Sanchez's track record kills him, I think, because at least Simeon, he's making these mistakes for the first time. I was just about to say that. I think there's... A little like Sanchez bloat for anyone that's been covering the game for years that you just everyone has seen this guy. So he's not going to be different. He's going to be Mark Sanchez, which is uh, some good, but a lot of bad. Simeon could be just as bad, if not worse. Let's face it. But uh, at least that's you're taking a chance on something different. You're leaving yourself open to another path. How about a little game of over under, Dan? Okay. Mm. Paxton Lynch starts this year. Oh, what's the over under? <laughs> I'll go. But you got to throw out the number. I'll throw out the number. Yeah. 13. Oh. 13. Well, I'm definitely going under. I'll go under, but had you said 10, I would have been there with you. Yeah, I'll go under. I'm taking the over. I I like Trevor Simeon. I know it's a little early to even like or not like, but I I think he has a chance to start a lot of games. This is a great, a great, great job. It, it's not. It's not going to be that hard to to look good. I on feel. Team. I do. As a former uh, Jets player, I do feel bad for Mark Sanchez because he said it after the game. He knows he blew this. He had an ch- opportunity to jumpstart his career with a defending Super Bowl champion, but he his all his lack of ability uh, as, at a starting level just um, you know it, it led to his demise here. On the other side of the ball, guys. Um, Wes, uh, Blaine Gabbard should have this 49ers job locked up, but he can't separate, kind of leaving the door a little bit open for Kaepernick. But Kaepernick's got to do some things first. Well, yeah, Cap- Gabbard wasn't a train wreck. He was just okay. But I, I don't know. Is Cap? Do we really think Kaepernick's going to come back and win this after he dealt with arm troubles and he looks like he weighs about 140 pounds right now? I don't think you can count on Kaepernick for anything, but I don't think he's been hurt by – we're talking about – 
teams where every quarterback is going to get a start. By not being out there, Kaepernick has not made the same blunders that Gabbard has. Mm-hmm. Gabbard, for for all the good stuff he showed in terms of his mobility and and, and they like his speed last season, I he he is zero for four in dump offs to Carlos Hyde. <laughs> I mean, he's just he can't make the simple elementary throws in a Chip Kelly offense that would allow the red the running game and the rest of the offense to just do what it does. Do we think Kaepernick can make those? I'm not saying. It's just that by not being on the field, you're a quarterback that's helped yourself by not <laughs> being kind of part of the chaos up to now. He was fine He was fine in this game, Gabbert. I mean, they'll, they'll both start eventually. I know you liked uh, Devontae Booker in this game, Mark, and yeah. I thought Virgil Green. I thought that was one real takeaway from this, is that Vir- this tight end job was wide open going into camp. Virgil Green has won that job. He looks pretty good, and they could really use a third receiver, and, and he would be that third. Well, we know Kubiak likes to use a tight end. Virgil Green, I think across the way, Vance McDonald is set up for Definitely. his career year for sure. I think he saved Gabbard in the first game and he continues to get open in the last game too. If you're going fantasy, you're taking Vance McDonald over Virgil Green. Uh, let's move on. Let's talk about Jadavian Clowney, Greg Rosenthal, who looked like the guy that the Texans thought they were getting with the first overall pick a couple of years ago um, against the New-, the New Orleans Saints. I mean, he looked like Jadavian Clowney. He, he looked insane, like he just couldn't wait to get back on the field because if you watched his first five snaps, all five of those snaps, he ruined the play. He made a huge impact, on which you just don't see from defensive players a lot. Now, he kind of faded. It, the biggest credit I can give to Clowney is I just want to – well, he just makes me want to watch every one of his snaps. So even after Tom Savage – if he truly exists, entered the game, and there wasn't a lot of starters in there. I just wanted to keep watching every single Clowney snap just to see what happened. There's a play where Clowney just absolutely destroyed Zach Streif, just bull rushed him, went right into the quarterback, and it made me right away tweet out Greg's making the leap because I, I think that Greg nailed this one. Clowney, look, that that de- that changes that defense entirely if he gives you that over 16 games. Streif wasn't the only one. He bull rushed Andrews yeah. Pete, too, and then he just threw Tony Hills like he wasn't even there. He's so strong. It's un- it's unbelievable to watch an NFL player make other hugely strong 300-pound men look so weak. He just, you just tossed them aside. You don't see NFL defensive ends and outside linebackers doing this. But his issue is the same as it was. He just has to stay on the field. Even in this game, if you watched each snap, he was dominant for the first 10 snaps, and then he just I, – I think he needs to get his win back under him. He's not used to being on the field so much. Tom Savage is real. Hey, on the Houston uh, – <laughs> elsewhere on the Houston side of the ball, Will Fuller, instant impact guy. Yeah, their they're rookie wide receivers, Braxton Miller and Will Fuller, are playing with the first-string offense every down, and they both look good. Will Fuller, I know people have questions about his hands, but his speed is a difference-making element, and this, I think this offense went, went from one of the slowest in the NFL to one of the fastest. They, to, to, uh, question, though, for you, because I watch Osweiler in the passing game. Because of him, you, you watch Mariota, and he seems so organized and well-studied up in that attack. Osweiler, to me, still, still feels like he's getting comfortable. Every, how many third downs is he going to throw four or five yards short of the stick? I mean, it's it's over and over with Osweiler. His numbers are misleading. I agree. There's so many new starters in this offense. He is taking forever to make these decisions, to go through his reads and, and make a throw. And that's a, to be expected. It's a new offense. I think they might have 10 new starters out of 11. I mean, that's tough to pull off. Wow. 10 out of 11 new starters? I think it's possible. Or at least that can't they, be right. some of the offensive linemen are in different positions. I, I think so. Who are I mean, the, across who the, are the ones that are back? Across the board skill position. DeAndre the Hopkins that, and Dwayne Brown would seem to be too. Yeah, I think it was maybe the other night because the, their offensive line was so banged up. Um, Braxton Miller, though, 
for a guy who people thought might take a little bit, already looks like he's going to be good. a factor. I want to see more chemistry, though, between DeAndre Hopkins and uh, Osweiler at this point. Yeah, definitely. Let's uh, move on. Mark Sessler, Dak Prescott, continues to steal the show. What did you see from that kid? Because he made the Miami defense look like garbage. I love what Greg wrote about it in his very good write-up of that game was that you get Tony Romo back on the field. This is meant to be the guy that you know turns the whole engine for Dallas. Completely outshined by Dak Prescott, and I realize it's the preseason, and I realize you know he's not playing against a full host of starters and pass rush, you know, scheming stuff. But he has looked absolutely unbelievable. He's not afraid to be daring with the ball. His chemistry with his wideouts is incredible. He uses his feet to score. I mean, it's like Dallas was just piling up yardage and points at will. I don't want to undersell anything he's done because this is the absolute best-case scenario that anyone could have expected for any quarterback in his first two preseason games. But you have to give the Cowboys coaching staff credit, and I've knocked them for their treatment of backup quarterbacks for years. Mm. But they're coaching him up really smartly. You leave Des Bryant in for the back shoulder throws. You put him behind a dominant offensive line with Alf Morris running all over the, the Dolphins' defense, and then you run play action when he's got all the time in the world to look for his wide receivers. They couldn't be coaching this guy up any better. But and we got to give him. We got to say too. I mean, this came out. Of, you want to talk about revelation? This is Dak Prescott because we were just talking about after <laughs> Kellen Moore broke his collarbone, how the Cowboys blew it, and this idea that they're going to have to go trade for somebody. And Tony Romo's a ticking time bomb. Now all of a sudden, it feels like they have one of the best quarterback situations in the league. Well, let's. We should point out though that the Cowboys. Did they know what they had? They they had this guy behind Kellen Moore on the depth chart. That's what right. I mean. This is wild. Right, of We're course talking not. about this guy every week. Now. It's a revelation to the Cowboys. They tried to trade up for Connor Cook, but the Raiders got Connor Cook instead of him. They tried to trade up for Paxton Lynch. That's what happens in the NFL. Sometimes you get lucky. David Johnson wouldn't be on the Cardinals if they didn't get a little well, lucky. Part of it is go. Yeah. But, I mean, it's a preseason, but the accuracy is what's really struck me. I mean, every ball is in the exact right place. And yes, he's gotten perfect protection, but you know, that's what, that's what Cowboys quarterbacks get these days. That pass to Bryce Butler, where Butler got called for pushing off was perfect. Yeah. We had another TD. Uh, this is why football uh, preseason scores are misleading, Greg, because the Cowboys won 41, 14. But if you are a fan of the team, you saw some good things from Ryan Tannehill. Yeah, you did. And that was good. And you have to be excited about uh, Kenny Stills, I think, showed up. And some some of the passing game was good. Tannehill's looked fine. But almost every other part of the Dolphins looked like a tire fire. I mean, the back seven, the linebackers, the secondary, really the offensive line has a lot of questions. They lost Mike Pouncey to another hip injury, which is a, a huge problem for them. Arian Foster, I know it was just two carries, but. So you don't want to make a judgment off of two carries, but the it, well, okay. especially for him though. But I'm going fine. to anyways. You go. You want to. <laughs> you want to see the. You want to see more carries out of him and see see what because one of those carries was was concerning. Uh, moving on, the New York Jets and Washington Redskins played some football, and uh, this was a game at least from the Redskins side where you get upset because Matt Jones, their running back, suffered a sprained. AC joint, which is not good if you're a running back. Wes, we talk about how shoulder injuries can really affect a back. And the game we just talked about, Alfred Morris, who ripped up the Dolphins. You wonder if the, those two sides should have ever parted, Alfred Morris and the Redskins, and whether it's possible a reunion can be had. So um, Kirk Cousins didn't play against the Jets. Uh, Colt McCoy did start. 
And I guess the first possession, Greg, we should talk about because not a lot of good things happened with Darrell Rivas or with the Jets in this game, but Darrell Rivas did look good in his one series. Yeah, I don't think there was a lot. It wasn't a good game for the Jets, but I didn't take a ton from it. But all you need to do is see a healthy Darrell Rivas to put a smile on your face, right? Yep. Coming off the surgery, looking spry, making some open field tackles, nice interception. There was a lot of talk about some of his struggles last year and how much uh, should be attributed to getting older and being a 30-year-old cornerback and how much could be attributed to the wrist injury that required surgery because his greatest skill set is his ability to rough up guys at the line of scrimmage and within those five yards, which he couldn't do last year. I'm wondering if we're going to see a nice back bounce-back season where Revis is that top-five type corner again. Um, and by the way, your boy. Want to take a ride on the Geno coaster? Hey. You know, when you're on the Geno Coast, you're going to have some ups. The ups are crazy. They're wild, life-changing ups. You're going to have some downs in the preseason. He's more of a big game player. He can't get up. When you when he sees Colt McCoy across the way as a starter, he's not going to – Are we going to get to the point, Greg, with Geno Smith where, you know, the, the number one or two highlight to come out of a Jets preseason game is Geno Smith throwing a devastating interception that has the entire Meadowlands on its feet just wanting him taken out of the city. I mean – His interception – Well, he might, be, he might be almost done with the Jets. If he doesn't have a – to be all serious, he, if he plays poorly in the third oh, yeah. preseason – It's he close might, now. He might be done. He's very he – He's right on May. The, He could go from quarterback one to off the roster in a matter of a couple well, he's months. he's right. He, his interception he threw into triple coverage with a wide-open guy underneath, which, listen, everybody messes up every, every once in a while, but it's kind of like the Mark Sanchez thing. And a Jet fan went from Mark Sanchez to Geno Smith. We're kinda, you, you don't want to see these guys. You're sick of them after a while. Uh, well, it's good because it distracts everyone from the fact uh, that they took a second-round quarterback that hasn't played a preseason snap. He's a project, which is right? just weird. Uh, listen, he's a project. A little weird. Oh, and he's getting redshirted. I don't have a problem with that. Back to the, to the Redskins for a second. You're right, Dan. This their backfield has should be the worst in the league. It could. It's definitely the most shallow in the league. Well, Nate, Nate Burleson, for what it's worth, thought that this injury is so minor it actually almost does him a favor that he misses the next couple preseason weeks. It's an AC joint sprain, which is very minor. They'll keep him off off his feet and he'll well, go into the season. I back. know you love Matt Jones, but let's not act like he had a good rookie year. No, he had a bad rookie. But year. But I'm saying and- if he if if it, there's no concern that he's gonna. Uh, miss week one, which it sounds like there is not any concern. Then, but what he gets banged up, and you've got a, a much heavier dose of Chris Thompson than anyone planned for. I mean, they don't, ha- they just don't have Some Joker a named wide- Rob Kelly. Yeah, they don't have a wide variety of kind of fill-in prospects, and I can understand why they came to their end with Alf Morris, but. Did they plan this position well? I mean, if you're, you've got Kirk Cousins as your quarterback, you need to be able to run the ball. Yeah, how about the Redskins fan that paid for tickets for this game and they showed up and all like the nine best players on the team were just sitting out in the second week of the preseason. They get they got to never cut, pay they cut one of these weeks out for a preseason game. Thank you. You have to though if you get season tickets. That's how well, you don't have to. Well, right, that in season tickets, but accepting it, them. Right, if you're just a normal fan, hey, it's our chance to go to a football game. You got, I could come up with a hundred better things to do than a week two preseason affair. Let's talk about Chris Wessling, the Arizona Cardinals, the 2000. 15 team of around the NFL uh, who were not looking very good on offense against the Chargers this weekend. Yeah, I would put zero stock in that. It's preseason. They're working on some things. We know they're, We know what their talent level is. Uh, wouldn't you be shocked if they're not a top five offense this year? Yes. Yeah, I mean, let, I would put a yep. little more stock into just, okay, Brandon Flowers looks better this year after being very overweight last who? year. Who? Oh, oh. You want to make flowers? 
today. Oh, him. They have three cornerbacks now with Casey Hayward, who made some nice plays in that game that can play inside and out. I like that cornerback group. I mean, by now in this time in the preseason, I would get worried about offenses with a lot of new players and they don't look to be on the same page or rookies not performing up to what you'd want. But the Cardinals are returning every one of their skill players. I don't think this is a team that we need to be throwing up flares for and concern. Are the Chargers better on defense, Greg, than people realize? I believe so. I, I think it's a fun defense, especially if they get Joey Bosa back in the mix, which you expect they will at some point. I think at every level of their defense, they have real playmakers. Casey Hayward, Casey Hayward was a good signing, and it allows them to push Flowers into the slot after they found out last year he really struggled on an island outside. Now they're making the leap guy Perriman, Denzel Perriman all over the place. He looked good right out of the gate. Here's a guy that was never making the leap, but always uh, in my heart, Jeff Cumberland. Um. I'm sorry to hear the news, buddy. He suffered a torn Achilles in this game in his first year with San Diego done for the year. Hang in there, Cumbie. Never give up. Hashtag Cumbie. Uh, moving on, the Panthers and Titans played football. And, ooh, Mark, more to get excited about with Marcus Mariota, eh? I think Mariota, you know, he did some good things in that game. The interception was a little bit of a forced throw. He looked a little locked in. But I think the story of the game, because if it was week one, we saw that they can run the ball if they match up well. In week two, it wasn't so much that. I think they wanted to show that Mariota could make throws on passing downs. And Tajay Sharp, eight catches over two weeks, six in that game in a limited amount of time. I mean, we're going to talk about some players that are underrated fantasy-wise. You look at where he is, ADP value. Give me a break, Chris Wesley. <laughs> I, yeah, I loved how Tajay Sharp looked, but my main takeaway is Last year, the Titans set Mariota up for failure with no running backs to run a play-action offense, a boot-action offense, smurf wide receivers who couldn't get open. Now you look at the team, their running backs from last year will not be involved. Their wide receivers from last year basically will not be involved. Hmm. Their offensive line is upgraded. They're setting him up for success now. Despite all the laughter and snark at Mike Malarkey's expense, they were, they're running a good system for developing a quarterback and surrounding him with all the talent he needs to be successful. I think it's also a major upgrade from Rustin Webster to John Robinson because in a very quick amount of time, John Robinson has changed the identity of the team. And it's through actually getting better players. This kind of drifting, draft a high wide receiver, none of them pan out. They found one right away, and they've redone the entire way you think about the Titans. Sounds like the team of AT West to me, Greg. The team of West DL? This is not this reputation has not been earned. <laughs> you guys railroaded me into the Chargers two years ago. And then last that. year you all wanted the 49ers after week one. Uh, I was the only one to stand up for that. So you can thank me. <laughs> the 49ers would have been like fifth on my list. But well you voted for them. Let's I'll go back to the tape on that. I'm, I uh, please do. Please do. I, Brandon, will you find that tape for us? <laughs> Listen, this is what I'll probably doing. I'll probably be doing because I know what the Kissing Cousins are doing here. Greg will probably get on board. I will do the West move. I will go along with it if we want to go with the Titans. But if this goes up in flames, we've got. I'm gonna have a lot of fun. We've well, got you a couple of weeks to. so far. I mean, we got a couple of weeks before we have to say anything. All right. Yes, the team of around the NFL uh, will be selected at some point by the end of September. I'd say. Any any later than that. Derrick Henry helps your chances. He looks fun to watch. I I really think he's gonna end up. Who's not fun to watch on this team? He, DeMarco Murray. I think he's going to end up cutting into DeMarco more, Murray more than people think. Absolutely. Well, what was wrong with DeMarco Murray? I mean, it wasn't Nothing. the week one game, but I'm, it's fun. I guess I want to see the regular season. The week one game, he had one run that I think 
a lot of running backs would have made that run. Uh, so I want to see him in regular season action, like all these guys. I mean, it hurts to me their team of ATL case that uh, Zach Mettenberger uh, isn't there, but maybe he'll <laughs> maybe he'll be back because he might not even make the Chargers. Um, Mettenberger's be playing in a different league. Super Bowl 25 rematch in Orchard Park. The Giants and Bills. The Giants get shut out. Uh, which you never, you know, listen. Nobody cares about the the results, but you just don't want to be shut out in a preseason game because that means you you failed comprehensively on every level of your roster. <laughs> uh, get it together, uh, uh, Ben McAdoo. But uh, Tyrod Taylor, uh, who you know must be feeling good about himself right now. The confidence high, Wessling, as uh, he continues to look good, like a guy that you could build a team around. Tyrod Taylor does look good. That is one of my main takeaways from the preseason. And then the other side of the ball, you know, I'm really enjoying these Bucky Brooks preseason grades. Whenever you see grades, you'll see these guys really tepid. The, oh, I can't give anyone below a C-. minus. That's as low as they go. Mm. Bucky Brooks is throwing out Fs for the Giants' backup quarterbacks who are abysmal. Oh, Massive yeah. and Logan Thomas, they're terrible, and they need a backup quarterback. Four, yes, they do. Four for 16. Rex Ryan went into this preseason trying to send a message. If you watch his, how his defense has played the last couple weeks, they have played aggressive like it's the regular season. They've played really well. I don't know how much to put in it or not. Maybe they're just fired up. He does seem to have found a couple rookies. We've killed him for all the rookies. He's lost Adolphus Washington. And uh, who's the uh, the cornerback Seymour, who now is in that mix? That's a nice cornerback group. I mean, I don't know. Crazier things have happened. Tyrod Taylor threw. And defense still being good. He threw. It was a 59-yard connection, and the arm strength and just his ability on that throw. They found a quarterback, his, and it's been a long time. His deep ball was really impressive last year. That was never the issue. It's what can you do over the middle of the defense? I think the Giants are – and McAdoo said it after the game. People have been – he said, everyone's been asking me about the right side of our offensive line. Isn't that a big problem? Because on paper it looks it looks pretty terrible. And he and he went out of his way to say, well, how about the left side of our offensive line? <laughs> That's not looking too good either. <laughs> Here's the Like Eric, Eric Flowers, their, their first round that can end last Who? year. Not working. You want to make flowers um, today? To that point, 1.9 yards per carry on 17 carries for the Giants. They're, they're looking at the Redskins and being like, hey, we can match you. Their backfield was an issue last year. Uh, by the way, is Bucky handing out any gentleman's Fs? What's a gentleman's F? A D minus, baby. <laughs> Why is that a gentleman's F? <laughs> like, you know, a nice gentleman way to give someone an F is just to give them a D minus. That is a nice way of doing that. Sometimes you need a wake-up call with a full F. <laughs> fair, fair. Uh, moving on, Baltimore and Indianapolis. Andrew Luck. Oh, yeah. Who wants to talk about Andrew Luck, who, you know, didn't tear it up? But, uh, oh, and I do love this new this thing on NFL.com where they're charting or the vid- they're offering video recaps of every single throw. I watched that this morning. Uh, and uh, You can also uh, check out the highlights of every Cairo Santos kick. That's, that's available. That's available on NFL.com right now. Who hasn't all, already done that? All three of his field goals. There you go, Sorry. Mr. And, Santos. Uh, besides a, a tremendous blitz pickup by Frank Gore, uh, Greg Rosenthal, Andrew Luck was looking pretty good. He was looking good. He was looking great. I know he got Wes uh, very fired up, but he just looked like Andrew Luck. <laughs> he did. Which is the most important thing that the Colts I mean, will be able ar- to take yeah. out of this preseason. His arm looked good. What yeah. are you laughing about? <laughs> just throw it to Greg for every game. <laughs> well, no, I tried to throw it to you guys. Nobody took it just now. That's all right. Uh, Andrew Luck, I thought, compared to last year when he was so frenetic in the pocket, and he wasn't making all the throws he made in the past, in this game he was way more under control. He looked sharp was the word I would use. He was under control, and then the sideline out that he threw, I'm not sure he makes that pass last right. year. Right, that was the one, yeah. 
And in Dorsett's making a few more routes than he was running last. They're going to need to score points, though. Yes, this they defense. Are. I mean, it's all right. We're two weeks in, but watching the Ravens make plays downfield, and it was Chuck Pagano came out today and said the secondary. What do you say? It's a little scary, and he's not wrong. I mean, on the first touch to Kamar Aiken touchdown, there's two Colts defensive backs just colliding with each other, and he's completely left alone for the catch. I mean, you got to get your. Well, they're missing their. They were missing their two starters. They're missing their first four cornerbacks. Right. So they're 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 a bad defense. I think they're one of the most talent poor defenses, and they're injured. We thought the front seven was going to be their biggest issue. Where's the pass rush? And now they can't cover anyone either. Hey, the Terrence West hype train's rolling pretty hard this summer, but why is he third on their depth chart in uh, Baltimore right now? I think that's respect out of Justin for, towards Justin Forsett. Like the one thing about Terrence West, and you know, West. I hope their depth chart's not about respect. I, I think I think with Forsett that it very much is. That would be my guess. Because I don't think there's any guarantee that he's higher in Week One. I don't think anyone knows what they're gonna do. K- Kenneth Dixon, I think I know is the numbers. Kenneth Dixon, great. I think good. he looks great too. They have four guys who are kind of close in value. I would say West is second on the depth chart for early down runs, and then Buck Allen is the passing down back. I think that's the way it's going in Baltimore. He's going to see the field. I mean, Terrence Wentz, to me, looks like a different human being. Like, he went on, like, Craigslist and found someone else to be him <laughs> and be faster and more plugged in than him because it does not physically look like the human being who was on the Cleveland Browns at all. It's possible. I'm saying it's very yeah. po- – I'm looking into this because it seems not just possible. How would that possible. work? What if you tried to get someone off of Craigslist and you ended up getting Trent Richardson? Well, you probably don't have a lot to pick from, but you, I watched you hit a it. um a forensic files yesterday where they they iced some dude uh that looked like another dude. They who's they? These two guys that okay. were cahoots, a conspiracy for murder, and then cl- uh got the life insurance money of the guy that actually survived, faked his own death and then they went off to Rio together. That's a great plan. I don't know if that ties into the Terrence mm. West thing at all, but So you think the old Terrence West might be, <laughs> might be living somewhere. He Absolutely, yes. Okay, why not? now let's piece it together. Terrence West found a guy that's a much better football player, mm. and uh, the deal was worked out. I'll let you be an NFL star. Uh, the catch is when you sign the big contract, I get sixty percent of the contract. See you. I'm going to Fiji. Mm. This is Baltimore. It sounds like an episode of The Wire. Yeah, maybe, maybe. I I've been a completely different version of Greg Rosenthal for nine months now. You guys didn't even notice. <laughs> oh, we noticed. oh you we've been calling you the new Greg. The new Greg. Party Greg. Party Greg. <laughs> uh, who sits near us again, by the way. Oh, yeah. Yet another seat news. reorg in the old newsroom for the 47th time in the past five years. We have moved all our seats. Greg, back with us. I'm back, back with the crew. It's nice. It's nice to have you it's back. Great. Welcome back, Greg. Thank you. Moving on, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers and Jacksonville Jaguars battle for Florida. That's what they are calling it <laughs> across the universe. <laughs> Uh, Blake Bortles looks good. His offensive line looks good. Everything about the Jacksonville Jaguars looks great, right, Wes? I think he looks he looks more mature and more at ease running every part of this offense this year. And I think the Jaguars' offense is going to be lights out this year. They look phenomenal. I mean, Bortles has held that title of the most wow plays per snap for me for quarterbacks for the last certainly the last year. And this preseason game was a good example. I mean, his best throw might have been one that was incomplete uh, on the sidelines. They ruled out of bounds, I believe. And he he's insane. It's weird. You're talking about records. 
They're 0-2, and I think they've been the most impressive team in the preseason because they've had the most encouraging things. Jalen Ramsey looks fully healthy and good. Sendark Marks looks fully healthy and good. The offense, the starting offense, has, you know, is healthy and loaded. Chris Ivory is such a good fit. Chris Ivory was one of the best free agent pickups because Yeldon could not do it alone, but the way that they're using Yeldon too, and when they get into kind of a flow with play calling and they set it up with their passing game, suddenly Chris Ivory's running over you for 18 yards. There's not a weak spot here. And they can't have a newcomer come in and steal a show. As that woman, as that uh, fine woman pointed out, she's yeah, correct. She's saying Chris Ivory should, he can't just come in and steal the show. Well, Maybe that's why they're splitting the work that way. See, we, yeah. we yeah. say not to, to get too carried away for the preseason, but we always do. No, we do. And I'll just say, before we look at again. Like, I'm considering I – was, I was thinking I'm picking the Colts all year, and now I'm thinking, why was I picking the Colts? I'm going to pick the Jaguars like gonna, everyone else. I was just trying gonna, to be cute. And they're going to split Chris Ivey's reps in a best-case scenario with TJ Yeldon, and he'll still wear down in November. Wait, That's it. He's going to be awesome, though, for two months. Enjoy it. It is true. There's, like, preseason. I'm going to run with my pants on fire, Chris Ivory, and then there's late November Ivory. You have a podcast where you review every preseason game. You don't have a choice mm. but to overrate the preseason. <laughs> All right, go ahead, Greg. Answer to that. What Russ just said. <laughs> I got nothing. <laughs> uh, and poor Roberto Aguayo. Marron. Okay. Poor guy. Got, what, millions of dollars in a uh, second-round draft slot? I feel for him because it's not his fault that, that he went in the second round, and now he obviously it's in his head a little bit. He's missed, I think, three kicks in two games. Uh, and, and all three of those are shorter than any kick he missed in college, Yeah, I believe. And it just uh, – two things. That's two crazy. Things. That's crazy. It again reminds you there. there's no real automatic kicker. A lot of that is a, a mental game, and – to use a second-round pick, maybe he does straighten himself out as the best kicker in the league or as a Pro Bowl-level kicker for a decade. But that's the only way that pick makes sense. He needs to be a star and a star for many years. I have a recommendation for our listeners. The best thing I've ever read on kickers is a Michael Lewis article from the New York Times. It's called The Kick is Up, and it's a career killer. And it's about the mental rigors of being a kicker in the NFL and exactly what you're talking about, yips. It's a fantastic article. Mm. I read it's it. a scary gig. Well, don't you think you're already a person that is seen as an outsider, not really a part of the team a lot of times, unless you kind of have a different quirky kicker personality, and then you get off to a start where everyone's already saying, whoa, this team overvalued you, picking you with a second-round pick, we could have got a defensive yeah. tackle, someone else, and then you start missing kicks all over the place. Talk about it. I mean, you're in your own little alien world trying to figure out how to you know, it's, redeem yourself. It's the same thing as being like an, a, an official or a referee or an umpire. You don't get noticed unless you suck at your job. Very few guys get really praised unless you're Greg the Lake Zerline. Well, a lot of praise. In Adam Vinatieri but. is one of the mentally toughest kickers in the history of the league, which is why he's been around for 20 years and will be a Hall of Fame candidate. But it, it he was a great high school athlete, so I'm not diminishing his talent, but his mental strength is what has set him apart. And he's a good example. We go to the Super Bowl against the Panthers. He missed a kick, got another kick blocked, and then with the game on the line. What does he do, Greg? He hits it. He also hits it when Bill Parcells tells him, uh, yes, you know, if you don't if you don't hit some kicks this next week, you're going to get cut. No, no. If you don't make this kick, it was right was before it? it was his rookie season. He almost oh, yeah, got in the cut. preseason, right? And Parcells, and he already missed like two short Parcells. kicks. And Parcells said, hey, kid, you missed this kick. Your ass is done. <laughs> That's why you don't spend a second-round pick on a kicker. It's funny because, yeah. like, Parcells gets to take credit in some way for that now. That's it's part like, of his legend. That's be- It's like he could have easily just missed the kick, and then Parcells would be stupid. Well, that's not how it works, Fair Greg. Point. 
<laughs> you know, but, yeah. we give Parcells credit because he did plenty of other things. But that's uh, that not more like the, nah, I mean, that's not like Parcells the genius, but it does speak right. to the toughness of your boy. Um, and finally, the Chiefs and L.A. Rams and another packed house at the Coliseum. Two fumbles in the first two possessions, Mark, for uh, Jared Goff. Uh, he is not going to start in week one, is he? I mean, the second fumble was a little bit strange, but the first one was a flat-out turnover, and he does not look ready to me at all. He, he still makes the occasional throw like he did in week one where you're thinking, yes, he certainly he's going to be there at some point. But, you know, the Rams, they saw this a lot sooner than anyone else did, and they seem primed to have him sit for a bit, and I have no problem with that based on what we've seen. Well, I, I was working with Kevin Patrick Saturday night, and he was charged with watching this game. And afterwards, you know, we have to write an article on Jared Goff because he's the number one overall pick. How did he play? And Patra said, how many different words can you use to say one sentence he's not ready? Mm. He's got the physical gifts, but he's just not ready. I mean, his first four drives, 13 plays, 24 yards. He's not moving the ball. We're watching other rookies, and they're in a better situation than Jared Goff is, move the ball up and down the field. And then he does do it when he gets in with the deep reserves against the deep reserves. That's been the case uh, in both of these games where he's finished off uh, better than he's – not in both of these games, rather, in this game. Um, And he's a guy I'd be more concerned in both games when he hasn't gotten them lined up for the scrimmage. A couple of times. He's taken delay of games in both of those. And I think that's to Kevin's point that he's just... I mean, it's not a reason to... Pay. I think it's just you... Okay, we get it now. He needs time. I, the Chiefs offense looked hey, much Keenum, more effective to me. He's Keenum scored three touchdowns in four drives for what it's worth. He looks sharp. So he's given them every reason to start him, which is nice of him. I mean, he's yeah, made it They have confidence in him. him. Uh, do you want to, Greg, one more time, act out the discussion between coach and center about how to take a snap properly in the NFL. Sure. This was about Jared I mean, Goff uh, no one's coach. asked for it again, but I'll do it anyways. <laughs> All right, you, uh, you'll be the coach. I'll be the center. Okay. Hey, he's going to stick his knuckle in your okay? That's what I told him. Get it in there. Let him feel it. That That's a little deep. Give him some more pressure. Yeah. That was un- unsettling. I know. I, I added the yeah part. The, the Greg the Greg role play there for some reason unsettled me. Well, it's because I get really deep into the character. I got into his motivation, how he was how he was feeling. Greg's definitely method. Yeah. yeah. Um, all right, it is time to begin the third annual around the NFL podcast fantasy extravaganza. And today we will be talking about in the first of three parts. We will talk about a, a, a little bit of a seg. Well, let me start this way. First, I want to int- I want to introduce everybody. All right. First up, do we have an applause drop or anything like that? Okay. All right. First, I didn't say to use it yet. I was just asking if it was there. <laughs> I just figured it would okay, better to use it than tell you. Uh, Sid- to- Sydney's like, I don't even want to get back in that chair. The look of fear in her eyes right now. To my right. No, Sydney can handle it. <laughs> to my right is Greg Rosenthal, who has run around the NFL since 2013. Ooh, this is old bio copy. You don't run the show anymore. It's fair. I don't think we've changed that. In Greg Rosenthal used to run the Around the NFL team uh, starting in 2013, including his role on the Around the NFL podcast. You have a role. I think that's true. He previously spent nine years covering the NFL for NBC Sports, Rotoworld.com, and ProFootball.com. Ladies and gentlemen, Greg Rosenthal. Thank you, everyone. To my left 
Here's a man that joined NFL Media in 2013. He covered the league for six seasons as a writer for NBCSports.com and a senior NFL editor at RotoWorld.com. Senior editor, Maron Chris Wessling. Here's, here's the full truth. I gave myself that title. Senior football editor. <laughs> no one ever gave it to me. I was just like, oh, yeah, that's what I am. Good nugget. And finally, Mark's here. I, you know what? <laughs> I cannot wait for next Monday. This is the most absurd thing I've ever seen. I'll play along with your little charade. What? Total charade. Listen, he could have given you the applause drop there. I didn't tell him that. To I me. guarantee if I were to go on your instant messaging candidate, it's please don't play applause for when I give Mark a one-second <laughs> intro. Actually, it wasn't. To be honest. This is perfect. It just strokes Greg's ego a little more, strokes Wes's to keep him in a good mood. Keep it going. <laughs> That actually is good instincts from Irish because I, I did not tell. I don't believe a word coming out of anyone's I, mouth anymore. I like this because sometimes, you know, when Mark gets worked up and I almost feel like, um, you know, he adds a little extra for the show. You know, it's showtime. But I feel like this one, he's underplaying how much he hates it. Uh, I, you know, listen, we've got about <laughs> we've got the rest of this show. Another 30 minutes, 25 minutes, two more shows to get through. Not sure I'll be there for all of them. Um, don't care. Here we go. All right, so today uh, we're going to talk about uh, – this the segment will be called ADP Insanity. I don't know. <laughs> Sounds like good that. to me. You know, there's a lot of fantasy podcasts out there. Um, we're trying to do something different. So I, I rhymed ADP and Insanity. So right off the top, I feel like we're in a different space. I don't see anyone else doing that. And by All the way, there's, this website actually has an entire – and many people – uh, listen to their podcast and uh, read their content. The NFL.com uh, fantasy team does great work, so make sure you check them out. Um, a star-studded uh, team of men. Uh, a lot of good hair involved there uh, between Harmon and Franchise. Gelhar is like the, the father figure looking over the group mm-hmm. in a way, even though he's younger. He, you seem like he, he's almost like the dad trying to keep everybody in line. Uh, and then there's Marcus, and Marcus is, you know, he's smooth, and people like Marcus. Uh, Adam Rank's there, and he's kind of on his own corner in a way. Uh, you know, he's talking fo- he's talking football, but he's also talking wrestling. Uh, so he, he merges those two worlds. And, of course, James Coe. James Coe, who does a great job hosting both the podcast and the television show. Oh, don't forget a Michael Fabiano. Hall of Famer. Hall of Famer, Michael Fabiano. I'm just going to keep talking. Did I miss anybody? No, but your low talk gave it some gravitas. Okay, I'll work on my low talk. Um, maybe get it more involved. Anyway, so check out all the work those guys do. But right now, when I got the guys that built Roto World brick by brick, and you can see the calluses on Greg's hands from it, um, <laughs> we're going to talk about some ADP insanity. Uh, and we're going to focus on running backs and wide receivers right now. And uh, why don't we start? And um, we're also, yes. We, we had some fun, but we will be heading very soon onto the fantasy corner, Mark Sessler's fantasy corner, and it's a very edgy place over there. So, um, But right now we'll start with Greg and Wes. Greg, we'll start with you here. Mm. Who is on your – well, you take it wherever you want, some ADP insanity. Well, I think we should go over guys who are underrated and overrated. All right, let's start with somebody that is underrated. Ooh, underrated. All right. I'm going to start – how about with a player towards the top, Devonta Freeman? We mentioned him earlier in the offseason. This was my big one, too. And if you're going in the first two rounds, I'm talking that, that premium level running back. Devontae Freeman is one of the few guys up there I'd rather have than a lot of these top receivers who are safer safer bets. How is 
this boggles my mind. Lamar Miller, ADP higher than Devonta Freeman, and Devonta Freeman is only a few places above Mark Ingram, who's never had a thousand yard season, never had ten touchdowns in a season. Devonta Freeman. 1,500 yards thereabouts last year, 73 receptions, number one fantasy back, and is awesome in the red zone. He is one of the best red zone running backs there is as a receiver and a running back. There's no downside to Devonta Freeman. Can I uh, throw, and I'm just a regular dude. I'm no expert. You know, I didn't I didn't work in HTML and physical brick to build a fantasy giant. But I will say two things. Devontae Freeman, kind of a little bit of a tale of two seasons, right, production-wise, uh, last season, so maybe some people were spooked by a slower second half. By the way, most players in the NFL have a tale of two seasons. Well, his was maybe more exaggerated than others. And then a Lamar Miller, the reason why Lamar Miller is going before him is because sometimes you got to look into the future and see the guy that's going to make that leap Oh, superstar status. Here we come. Lamar Miller, 1,700 total yards and 12 touchdowns. I looked into the future and saw a running back who's never been a workhorse, and they pound him into the ground, and he's injured by October 30th. I, I like Lamar Miller, but see. I like Atlanta's running game better. And the fact that they're going to be in a second year with that zone scheme, usually it takes a minute to, to get that up and running as effective as it was last year. Everyone's worried about Tevin Coleman. It's like, just don't worry about the offseason you know, Roto World is great, but one of the things I found at Roto World, people overrated some of our blurbs sometimes. That you know, the coaches say Tevin Coleman's going to be in the mix. Trust who's a better player. By the way, that same coach in the same paragraph said he expects a better season out of Devonta Freeman this year than last year. Wes, give us somebody else that's underrated. Uh, I, where Carlos Hyde is on this ADP, I believe he is early fourth round behind Demarco Murray, who's got a major Derrick Henry problem. Mm-hmm. Behind Latavius Murray, who's just not very good. Behind Thomas Rawls, who I love but has a Kristen Michael problem. I, I would take Carlos Hyde a-, a full round higher than early fourth round. I think part of that, I had Hyde on a low list too. Am I allowed to say something here? Absolutely. Well, do we want to go to the corner? Let's go to it. Well, but my corner issue is completely different. Oh, you, oh, you yeah. came over here. You know what? I'll corner. retract my comment. <laughs> I want to hear what you have to say about Are you on the corner or not right now? No. Okay, not on the corner. Go ahead. No, I guess I think part of it is this. Some of this ADP business has got to be behind the times because Kristen Michael's sitting down at number forty-five. Well, a- out of running backs, but the, the, we're taking the data from actually the last few days. And I, w- I was commenting to West. I bet two weeks ago at this time he wasn't even on the board. So to them, it's a tenth-round pick. They see him as a as a backup. Uh, and that's why he's in the – I don't think it's behind the times at but all. Hyde, though, to me seems low also because if people are watching preseason games and you're watching the Niners' offense, there's not a lot to like, but Hyde is going to get a ton of touches. And if Gabbard ever can connect with him in the passing game, he might catch some passes too. All right, how about an overrated running back, Greg, uh, in terms of ADP? Well, Deion Lewis was overrated uh, before he got injured. We didn't have uh, time to mention his injury – you know, in the news, but he's going to be out for a while. So don't draft Deion Lewis. It was a little crazy that Second he was get, knee getting taken in the fifth round anyways. And don't draft his backup, James White. I think everyone will just kind of plug James White in there and here's a fun sleeper. I just would stay away from it. They're, they're going to drive you crazy. That's fair. Wes? Jeremy Langford, who got a lot of oh, good yeah. publicity, he's four, fourth round, ninth pick in this ADP. So late fourth round. You're drafting him as a running back, a strong running back too, because he had one good series against the Patriots in the second preseason game. This guy averaged the worst yards after contact of any running back in the NFL last year. He's just not that good. I mean, he's not that great. I'd rather just draft players that are 
that are good. Thank people, you. People get so worked Just up about, good players. about the situation. Like Rashad Jennings is in a good situation, so he's getting overdrafted even the, at the beginning of the seventh round. I just don't want to deal with it. No. Because you can find a great quarterback or a great tight end or a great wide receiver there and just draft players that have more potential than that. Um. By the way, Arian Foster, I got to throw in there, is the well, most insane overdrafted person in this entire board. Even if you're just talking about where his talent level is right now, that's fine. But you have to throw in his injury history as well. It's outrageous that he's getting taken in the fifth round. So people are drafting, taking Arian Foster Ahead of without, Drew without a chance of actually watching him play and be healthy yet. This is That's how, a ways to draft this is how you win leagues because you take advantage of guys that really don't know. People are drafting Arian happening. Foster over Larry Fitzgerald. Uh, let's now, That's wild. before we move on to the wide receiver discussion, mm. uh, gentlemen, let's now uh, take our first stroll over to a different area of the fantasy realm. Well, uh, listen, wait. I mean, okay. <laughs> okay, there you go. Oh, this is, I'm out on the corner. We're now on the of uh, Sessler's Fantasy Corner. I gave you a, a list of players last year to completely ignore, and I was 10 for 10. Uh, without sure. question, ten for ten, and I'm going to lock it down with ten running backs to avoid in fantasy circles. Just don't go near these guys. Number one, Bronson Eduardo Hill. Number two, Ali Rufus. Number three, Ike Saturn. Number four, Pope Troy Maine. Number five, Penny Elijah. Number six, don't go near this guy, Cameron Stingley. <laughs> number seven, Marshawn Coprich. Number eight, Robert Otto B3. Number nine, Tajay Stingley Spiner. And number 10, wow. last running back, you don't go near. I don't care what's happening. Tom Animal Sphinx. <laughs> wow. I, there is one back Wait, on Wait, is Stingley Spiner related to Stingley? <laughs> I was going to say. Not directly. Last year. Uh, That's a bad brother combo. <laughs> yes. Last year, Wes did. Uh, point out one of the names you listed. He said, you got to actually keep your eye on that. On I that got guy. another one. You got another one. First of all, his name is Troy Main Pope, not Pope Troy Main. Okay. <laughs> and he looked I went really Pope. good in the, late in the second preseason game for the Seahawks. I know they have a, a depth chart that is stacked, but th I would say keep an eye on I just Troy feel Main bad Pope. energy around him right now. Gotcha. I'm not saying his career is doomed, but you don't go near him yet right now. See, as you could tell, Wes, by the ambient noise, right now you're no longer in your cushy little fantasy office. You're on the streets. I know, and I'm not as good there as Marcus. Yeah, Mark lives on the streets. He speaks from the streets. It's in his heart. It's in his he blood. Picks up, he picks up hitchhikers. Anything else, Mark, on the fantasy court? Not on that uh, position. Right. Okay, we're going to come back to you. And, yes, just like when we now talk about the wide receivers, you feel free to come in off the corner. But just let me know if you're on or off. That I'll way let you know. Make sure which drop to use. I'll let you know. Okay. Should we, should we throw out rapid fire? Any quick last oh, running I like backs? It. I mean, I'm just saying, like, this is going to be our Can one fantasy Can you be rapid thing. fire, Greg? Be honest. It's, it's hard for me. All right, rapid fire. All right. One minute. I'm going to set the timer. Rapid fire. Go. Uh, who's going first? <laughs> These running backs are too low right now. Amir Abdullah, Ryan Matthews, Derek Henry, Kristen Michael, and Terrence West. Mm. I, I totally agree with Derek Henry. I throw Matt Jones in there. Matt the injury Jones, will knock him down too Matt far. Jones is way too high. Melvin Gordon, uh, I would throw in there. Carlos I, Gio Bernard, and then the deep one, Spencer Ware, if you're looking for a really deep one, Kenneth Dixon and uh, Devontae Booker. Wow. Uh, Nice speed round, guys. Didn't even need half a minute. Well, let's go overrated players, too, that you want to stay away from. I love go Jonathan ahead. Stewart, 
but I don't want to draft Jonathan Stewart this this year. I think last year was the year that you want Jonathan Stewart. I pretty much mentioned everyone else. I think stay away from Justin Forsett and the rest of those running backs in, in Baltimore. Yeah, I think we hit all of my DeMarco Murray is, is overrated because of Derrick Henry. Matt Jones is overrated. The guy's, the guy's not very good to begin with. He's injured right A three-down right back that'll probably get taken in the sixth or seventh round. by Three-down back who averaged 3.4 yards per carry with major fumbling issues last year. And I question his instincts. I'm going to die on this one. Well, one quick question. I know everyone is just saying, oh, take Ezekiel Elliott with the number one or number two pick. Have a nice day with it. Ooh. Is there any concern that there are other more proven players to take for your first pick in your draft? I have zero concern with Ezekiel Elliott. I I would generally rather take the wide receivers that are getting taken there, but I I don't think he's ranked too low at running back. Like I'd rather have him than Lamar Miller, who's getting taken in front of him. Absolutely, stop it. Latavius Murray, a little overrated in my opinion. I agree. Throw that guy out there. All right, let's now move on to the wide receivers. ADP insanity. See how it rhymes. Let me start with a doozy here. Well, we yeah. need some sort of we need some sort of drop with the ADP insanity. I think that's an assignment. Okay, for maybe for Wednesday. For show. our special guest on Wednesday. Yeah, he'll have to really step it up. Wow, that's a great call. Go ahead, Wes. Let's start this off with a banger. All right, DeAndre Hopkins. Mm, One interesting eighth pick. In the first round, ahead of Des Bryant, who looks fully healthy, and Des Bryant, I'm sorry, is a better receiver than DeAndre Hopkins. Wow, Wes turning his back on DeAndre Hopkins. Who I love Nuke coming? Hopkins, but let's talk about this from a fantasy point of view. Last okay. year, they had nobody on the other side of him, mm. so they had to throw it to him every time. Now they've got Will Fuller, they got Braxton Miller, they're generating touches for Braxton Miller, the offensive coordinator is. And they've got a stronger running game than they had last year. DeAndre Hopkins simply isn't going to be targeted like he was last year, not to mention he's got a new quarterback. And you already mentioned how about the rapport between uh, Brock Osweiler and Hopkins is not there yet. Over under passing yards, Texans this year to last year. I don't think it's necessarily going up. And it's certainly going to be cut in more uh, in a few more parts, as you mentioned. I agree. I like A.J. Green to have a really big A.J. Green season. He's getting drafted after him. And then Allen Robinson, who's after Hopkins, is another guy who I'd expect to have a monster year. I would take Robinson after what we've seen in the preseason so far, and him and Blake Bortles absolutely on the same page. Are you on the corner? I'm on the corner this time. <laughs> but I would take Robinson over Hopkins for everything you mentioned. It's like it's got to be a Texans coaching you know, need and want to have a little bit less of the offense have to go to Hopkins mm. over and over week after week. See, while we're while we're near the the top of the draft, I'm gonna throw out some love for Keenan Allen. I'm a little surprised is going late second round. I mean, that's not a crazy undervalued guy, but I think in general, I am of the mind, and this has become a trendier thing to do, that most of these receivers are better bets than the running backs getting taken in the first three rounds. Demarius Thomas is another guy. Why is everyone so freaked out about the quarterback situation in Denver for Demarius Thomas? It's not going to be worse than last year. Keenan is just not overall yards, and he was a monster last year despite all the drops. Can I throw something out there with that? Demarius Thomas, one of those guys that – isn't really a fun guy to have on your fantasy team. Because you don't like 1,400 yards yeah, and 10 touchdowns. It's kind of a gonna, tough watch. I'm not going to go out for beers with him. <laughs> it's a tough watch. Keenan Allen, I, I agree totally. I don't know why Mike Evans is getting drafted ahead of him. That's ridiculous. Jordy Nelson is too risky to take over Keenan Allen this year. 
Keenan Allen would have led the NFL in, in targets last year, probably, had he not gotten injured. I'm stunned that Jordy Nelson is getting taken in the middle of the second round. It's a big risk. I mean, that that seems crazy. It, he's someone where the preseason would matter if he played this week and he looks awesome, great, but he's 31 years old coming off a of torn ACL. This is much lower, and it's not a taken-too-high scenario, but you're telling me that Doriel Green Beckham is at 61 and Tajay Sharps at 60? What the hell's <laughs> going on? No, you're right. One made the other expendable. And by the way, they're saying that Josh Gordon, who's suspended for the first four games, is an absolute off-the-field wild card, is a spot more valuable than Larry Fitzgerald. Mm. Ridiculous. Well, that that is one of the most overrated guys on this entire list, Josh Gordon. And it's not like a ranking. This is where they're they're going on average. Josh Gordon going the way, in the sixth round. Josh Gordon might not for sure be worth a sixth-round pick if he was – Playing the whole season. And the right. other guy that you mentioned is one of the most underrated. How is Larry Fitzgerald being drafted behind these guys? He's coming off a great year. It's almost like Greg made this list. You're, no, give me a break. I love Larry Fitzgerald. You you're right, though. You him all the time. You're right that we underrate Larry Fitzgerald every year. We do. We just talked about his splits last week. He dropped in the second half of the season. Oh, I'm sorry you missed the really important playoff game that he won almost <laughs> by himself. Sure. No, he had a great game, but just for that wasn't part of the fantasy playoffs. I'm just saying. Well, that's, this is a, a problem with fantasy there. owners. It's also a blind spot they have for Kristen Michael well, because fantasy seasons are over by week 16, and when he has a good week 17 in playoffs, nobody's watching him. I think Fitzgerald could be a better player than a great fantasy player just because, as we've talked about, there's so many mouths to feed there. Kelvin Benjamin. Talking about a guy with 109 receptions last year. There were reasons for that. Guys were out of He's line. good. Maybe That's Don, the best Don reason. Brown were out he's of good. Uh, Kelvin Benjamin, does it strike you as strange that he's still going in the top yes, 35? Yes, I have him on my overrated list. Was, well, when Funchess is down at 49. he and he, But he literally is a guy that they only played nine snaps this week because they don't think he can handle more. That, <laughs> yeah, but they rolled him out there in the very beginning of the game. And that, thank you, Street Corner Sound Effects. Going on in the that killed me. They only played the street corner sound absurd. for two seconds and cut back out. Just absurd. <laughs> can I? Can I do it? And I, I love Larry Fitzgerald, but can I do a prop with you? Yes. Uh, less than ninety catches this season, which would be like a fifteen catch drop off. And if you think there's no I reason, I to be worried. Like I don't know if I want a prop where Larry Fitzgerald has an eighty-eight catch season, and I'm wrong. All right, eighty-eight. <laughs> All right, 88. Okay. That was good. That was 88 good. is a push? 88 is a push. Talk okay. about reeling okay. in a fish. That was masterful <laughs> by Dan there. Can we note that, Mr. Irish? Okay, thank you. I'll take 88. That, that seems reasonable. We will be uh, – the season starts, what, in two weeks? That's right, two weeks. Here Thursday. Just a reminder to everyone that we will we'll be doing our regular season uh, sandwich props uh, pod, which is always one of the best pods of the year, for, in my humble opinion, in the next 10, 14 days. Mm. So keep an eye out for that. Uh, let's now, yes, now let's, in earnest, even though he ducks his head out from uh, from the street lamp that he leans on uh, with the cigarettes rolled up in the T-shirt every once in a while, let's now go there in earnest, uh, the street corner, Sessler. What are you talking about? Overrated, underrated wide receivers. Well, forget all that nonsense. Here are yes. four things to do instead of trying to be some sort of amazing alpha male slash human savior who ranks wide receivers on a football podcast. Nice. Number one, travel to Syria and rake leaves outside a Syrian-based business of your choice. Well. Number two, allow a trusted work friend to blindfold you while you also 
give him unlimited access to your checking account. Allow said work friend to purchase a one-way bus ticket to anywhere in the country. With the blindfold on, allow the friend to guide you onto your designated bus. Once the vehicle is moving, remove the blindfold. You will go wherever your friend sent you and stay there for no less than 24 months, shedding your many layers of ego and emotional neediness to build a new life from scratch. Wow. Number that three. That was Mark's dream last night. <laughs> Number three. <laughs> wishes that could happen. Number three. Instead of spending the entire football season obsessed with yourself, and your fantasy football jag, use this autumn to become important in the life of a child. Number four, dive deep into Dungeons and Dragons. Dump all distractions and f dive into D&D. Use important family money to fly to D&D conventions and become known in D&D circles as a fast riser. Put your career and personal relationships a deep second as you allow Dungeons and Dragons to completely and dangerously absorb you. I love that last point because fantasy football and Dungeons and Dragons are basically the same thing. Thank you. No, this they are. Wait, but Dan doesn't like that, but no. it is. It is. You're basically thing. just playing D and D, Dan. Sorry. But you love D and D. You literally just posted like twenty. D &D I do not love on it. Your I, I do not love it. I find it a truly odd uh, part of the 1980s <laughs> <laughs> that you enjoyed. I did not immerse in it. Now I will. <laughs> I get that is kind of what a D and D guy who you are, let's face it, with your he your history and your Instagram account would say about fantasy sports. Like they're and one not and the, the same. They're okay, not. well, not. I of think course exactly, they are exactly the same thing. They're not. They're not. <laughs> they're both fantasies. I I don't want to get into the stereotypes of the D and D crowd, but uh, I think you should look a little closer at the <laughs> fantasy football crowd. Well, there's extremes in every sport or every uh, phase of life. Whatever. Let's move on. <laughs> did we talk? Did we do underrated for wide receivers? Did we we kind of went back and forth. Let's, let's throw out a, a speed round. Let's do a speed round. Let it rip. Let's go underrated. Jeremy Macklin, way underrated. This I guy like had a great one. year last mm. year. Locked in as the number one. Alex Smith is in control of that offense. Dante Moncrief, if he's not injured, Guaranteed breakout season. You're going to want him. Corey Coleman, great guy to take a flyer on. And Muhammad Sanu is going to touch the ball 80 times in the Falcons offense. Take Muhammad Sanu, even if you don't think he's a good talent, he's going to touch the ball. That was wild to me that he's getting taken in the 12th round. I'm not super high on Sanu, but that seems like easy money that late. I agree with you there. Uh, I agree, uh, or I, I believe his old teammate, Mo Jones, is underrated right now. I like Golden Tate, but I'm surprised he's getting taken a few rounds after him. Jarvis Landry has the most catches in NFL history in the first two years of his career, and that offense should be better. Why is Jarvis mm, Landry going, going so late? Uh, and then Stephon Diggs. I'm kind of buying, buying the Stephon Diggs hype as the number one guy there. I can get on board with it. He has number one type abilities, or is he a number two that needs? He's to be a number one? two. He's not a. He's but not he, an X receiver. But he could put up number one numbers. I think just because I think they'll be a little better passing, and I think he's the best receiver on that team by a decent amount. I want to uh, throw one out to all three of you gentlemen right now. Who will be the Kristen Michael Memorial? And it's funny because he could be the winner of this uh, very category, even though it's named zero percent chance. Dan, remember. Kristen Michael Memorial, what the hell was I thinking? Hindsight is 2020 award. Not This is not a shot at him. This is a couple of years ago when he failed. Uh, past winners include uh, Cordell Patterson. Sure. Uh, you plug in that guy. In, in other words, you got sucked in by the hype, and then you're almost embarrassed to admit it later where you took this guy in the draft. Who is the guy that's so buzzy and everyone's confident about, but come December you're really going to be cringing when you look at your draft board? Running back or wide receiver. 
I don't know who's Buzzy because I'm not really plugged in on that, but Matt Jones was the first guy I thought of. Mm, really? You are so down on Matt Jones. I mean, Kevin White was the first guy that I wouldn't want to get anywhere near. He's like a seventh, eighth round pick. You guys are playing this pretty safe here. But that's that's a mid-round pick that you're just wasting on Kevin White around guys like Jordan Matthews and Devontae Parker, who I'd want much, much more than them. But all right, let me let me go up there. Throw somebody out there, somebody with a little name. Lamar Miller. You want to throw Lamar Miller? Whoa, go yes. ahead. That's actually a, a perfect example. Here's why. In fantasy football, your first-round draft pick cannot be a risk. Mm. He has to be a surefire guy. Lamar Miller has never carried the load before. A lot of different coaching staffs. It could be because they're, all those coaching staffs were truly inept. Right. That could be it. Or it could be that Lamar Miller doesn't run well between the tackles, isn't great in short yardage, and might not hold up to a big workload. I love Lamar Miller, but that's a great example because that could blow up in people's faces. Uh, fantasy Corner, you got one? I do, but it's going to be unpopular. Let's hear it. Adrian Peterson. That's great. Wow. I, I, it's not that I doubt Adrian Peterson. I, I don't want him as my – I'm number one in the draft. I got the first pick, and it's been the locked-in pick for years. I'm not doing it this season. Well, let me just say, the Kristen Michael Award, nobody would be shocked that you used your first-round pick on Adrian Peterson, though. Right. Am this I not playing the game correctly? Mm. Not really, but it's, I mean, I'm it's try, okay. I'm trying to understand it. It's like a guy that you're kind of t- banking on based on – the excitement that's built over the last six months. Eddie Lacy's on that list. To okay. Me. Why is he the same? Like after a, most guys, after they have a terrible season, do not go way up in terms of their average draft position. I'd want Eddie Lacy on my roster, but I'd, I, I'm with you. I, I'm surprised I would have to use a second round pick on him. Like a high second round pick. That's wild to me. I, so one guy that's later, that's later on in this, I don't like where Brandon Cooks. I, I'm not going to jump on the Brandon Cooks experience over some of the people that are behind him. I agree. I forgot my almost my favorite uh, underrated receiver of the first three rounds, T.Y. Hilton. I, I would I would not be surprised if T.Y. Hilton leads the league in receiving or is right in the mm. mix. Would really? That be, would that be that surprising? Yes. They've got a lot of mouths. To feed. I think they're going to be throwing the ball a ton, and I think he is set up for a career year. You would you, with Andrew over Antonio Brown and Julio. I mean, Jones. this would be, obviously you're. I'm talking in the sense of like he has long odds to do it, but it wouldn't shock me if he is in that mix. Okay, before we go, let's now check in with the uh, Around the NFL podcast subreddit where they have a thread, uh, and make sure you get on there if you're a fan of the show. A lot of fun, that subreddit, um, where they have a mailbag for fantasy questions for the heroes. Irish went through the bag, and this is what he got. First one is, are there any Who's it from? It is from Mike Kriegel. Are there any rookie wide receivers worth drafting high? Rookie wide receivers. Ooh, I got one. The Fuller kid in Houston. You're going to draft him high? I don't know. How, oh, not high. How high does he mean? Because yeah, Corey Coleman I take a shot on, but not high. Well, let's see where Fuller is. Uh, no, I think the answer is no. There's none worth drafting not, high. I would take Corey Coleman based on where he's, his ADP, I believe, is like the 10th round or something. I would yeah. Eight. Yep. I think Corey Coleman would be. Yeah, he's late ninth round. I would take him there, but when I hear high, I'm I'm thinking fourth or fifth round for what for. There are Tread, Treadwell is a guy. I was going to say red flag there for him. Maybe. I mean, it's crazy. He's still getting drafted. He should not be drafted at all at this point. Laquan Treadwell. It's crazy. I agree on that. That, that he would be even in the mix. Uh, Sterling Shepard certainly had a lot of buzz. I, I like Sterling Shepard. How about Tyler Boyd as a as a late round, very late round? He's going twelfth round. That, that would not sense. be high. That would not be high. No thanks. Do you guys are aware my situation with Shepard, right? You, you don't you, like you're, him. You're not buying in I at know all. The guys. I know. Be careful, guys. He actually could win the Kristen Michael Award. 
That's fair. I'll throw him out there. I think he's safe. I would take him on my fantasy roster. Uh, what else we got in the old mailbag? This is uh, from Sam K. Butler. What offenses are you avoiding completely? Half the league. Why do you say that, Wes? It's just I always only avoid half the league. You trust. Yeah, like take take the players on the high octane offenses. That's how you win fantasy leagues. I don't. I always was a. I never had hard and fast rules. I always thought hard and fast rules are stupid because there's every, I, every I player is a, its own its own thing. And so if you name me a team in the league that you don't think I could find a fantasy guy, I bet you could find a round where I would want one of those guys that would have some value. What I, team is that? I would name me the team. probably not draft a Philadelphia Eagle. Jordan Matthews, yep. to me, is absolutely a good value where yeah. he's getting taken, I think. He, he's a seventh, eighth round pick. I like that for Jordan Matthews. He could have a monster. I would yeah, not no draft a, there. Probably wouldn't draft a Buffalo Bill. Hmm. I know we like Coleman, but they have Terrell Pryor and Josh Gordon in the top 60, and I think that that offense is just going to be kind of fluky shots downfield, and they've got Isaiah Crowell. I would never take any hmm. Brown running back. I wouldn't touch what about any Coleman? I think Coleman is the one guy that you take a look at. You wouldn't take LaShawn McCoy if he's if he's still there in the I late third round? I would not take LaShawn McCoy based on principle alone. I can't stand that guy. Well, and look what happened to him last year. They got him into the red zone, and then it was Carlos Williams racking up the touchdowns. I think LaShawn McCoy. Who's that guy this year, though? They've got other good backs. Jonathan Williams is a good – I mean, they've other. They've got a pretty deep backfield, actually. I mean, Reggie, if Reggie Bush is your number two and Mike Gillisley is the other guy, I don't know. That doesn't seem too deep. I like LaShawn McCoy. I mean, just in terms – I like him in general. I think he played better last year than people give him credit for. Outside of a late-round flyer on Terrence West, I wouldn't touch any Ravens. Hmm. That's in – that one, you might have me there. Me and Sizzler have a sandwich on Ben I would Watson. Take, I would take year. West. Yeah, but that was – I made a massive calculated error on that. <laughs> what? Morning. I, I – I, I, when I listened to that podcast, I wanted to be on the side where Ben Watson is going to massively underperform expectations. Well, and I was on the yeah. wrong side. I have. Um, Can I ben get Watson. in on that one? Yeah, well, I, I, I tried to. No, I'm not adding more people to what I'm saying was a terrible bet on my part. Yeah, jump on. Let me buy you. The wager sandwich. is that Ben Watson will have more than 825 yards. <laughs> that was crazy because he's. You caught me in a in a scattered moment. If there's anything else, there there. Crockett Gilmore's there, Dennis Pitt. There's Max Williams, whom yeah. they drafted in the second if round. If like here. 12 players went down in like a lost <laughs> bus incident, then I'm on fire with that bet. If you were like picking the guy <laughs> most likely to run the NFLPA, yes. you could take a sandwich on it. Very smart. Yeah. Not drafting any Tampa Bay Buccaneers. What about Roberto Aguayo? Come back. <laughs> Don't, I can't stand their uniforms. Mark's got a good point about their stadium during the sunlight oh, hours. Sun. Wait a second. All right. And I just everybody's something? way too high on Jameis Winston this year. Well, what about well, Doug, what about Doug Martin? What about Doug Martin? You watched every Jameis Winston and said you liked him. Everybody thinks he's better than Mariota now, and he's not. Don't take it out on Mariota. I'm taking take... it out on him. This you is... can't stop me. Also, Doug Martin was a great pick last year because he was running. Everybody now expects him to do what he did last year, and I don't think he's going to do it. He's late second round. If he, I'm just saying if he's there in the fourth round, then you're like, okay. I have a question was honest question because i don't know if it's a little shtick or you're being honest like <laughs> you're you're a fantasy guy and you're trying to win a fantasy league why are you really going to avoid certain guys and certain Absol- teams because the way the sunlight hits absolutely the first of all this we'll save this for <laughs> we can save a lot of this for the philosophy podcast yeah the fantasy philosophy podcast yes, friday later in the week but 
this is a hobby. This is for you to go have fun. I agree. You, there are many ways to construct a winning team, put a stranglehold on your league, and still avoid players you don't like. Right. And he makes a good point because if you're going to be a good fantasy owner, you want to go watch these guys, uh, whether it's Game Pass, wherever. And and the Bucks Stadium. I don't know how many other ways to say this is the worst. <laughs> sporting venue in the country to watch, right. much less on a replay. The way that it is when it's early in the morning, it's intense sunlight. It's the kind of thing that happens so to you in real life. You get inside immediately. So you take it over uh, the Georgia Dome. You know where I am with domes. <laughs> um, Wes, and I don't want to question your integrity, which is through the roofs, through the roof, but if Doug Martin somehow slips in a league you're in to like the fifth round, are you not going to take Doug Martin? Probably not. I usually stick to my guns on this kind of thing. <laughs> I, I, if I don't want hey, a guy listen. on my team, he's not going to be on my team. That's your principal. I can find a way to win a league, Dan. I'm not worried about that. Okay. All right. I was just checking. Seventh round, Doug Martin's there, but you don't like the way the, si- the eh, sun probably hits. Not. The I trust my gut. Like if, if My gut's telling me stay away from Doug Martin this year. Fifteenth round, everyone's fallen into at the that point, coma. I'm- Mike Evans is still on the board for some reason. They forgot he existed. No, at that point, like that's that's a sign. If he's still there at the 15th round, it's a sign that you should keep doing this shtick. All right, sixth round, Mike Evans on the board, but a cloud cover is rolled into the Tampa area, and it's Ooh. been sitting there all through the fall and winter. <laughs> uh, so no sunshine issues. That I would do. Then would you take? No, I can't watch those uniforms. They're hideous. Anti-dome and anti-sunshine. No, 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 no. Anti- Anti-uniforms. That Tampa, Florida sunshine, not sunshine uh, not all sunshine. I was hungover one Sunday morning, was assigned to watch the Buccaneers in a road game, and those uniforms made my hangover ten times worse. <laughs> uh, all right. On that note, that wraps up part one of our fantasy extravaganza. Uh, we'll be back Wednesday uh, with more football chatter. We'll also continue our division-by-division division preview, moving on to the <laughs> AFC, starting with the Eastern Division. So, everybody... Get excited. Make sure you tune in. And special guest producer under very, um, listen, somber, a somber setting or a setting of excitement, depending on where you come down on this person. Yeah. I mean, he's his opinion matters, too, in there. You I could think say bitter, bittersweet would work. Bittersweet might be. Covers you both ways. Yeah. Gives you nice coverage. Anyway, uh, thank you. This is Dan Hansen signing off for Quiet Storm. The mailman, the boss, and the Irishman behind the glass till Wednesday. You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Our kids have said to us since we've moved to Minnesota, we are far more active than we've ever been anywhere else we've ever lived. 
Moving to Minnesota opened up a lot of doors for us. Just this overall sense of community, of the values that, you know, Minnesotans have. It's a real accepting, loving community, especially with two young kids. See why CNBC ranks Minnesota number four best state to live and work. A great place to work, an even better place to live. ExploreMinnesota.com slash live. What's up, y'all? Janice Torres here. And I'm Austin Hankwitz. We're the hosts of Mind the Business, Small Business Success Stories, a podcast presented by iHeartRadio's Ruby Studios and Intuit QuickBooks. Join us as we speak with small business owners about the tools they use to turn their ideas into success. From finding that initial spark of entrepreneurship to organizing payments and invoices, we've got you covered. So follow and listen to Mind the Business, Small Business Success Stories on the iHeartRadio app or wherever you get your podcasts.